I will go ahead and, uh, and get started and get out of the way. My name is John McGee. Um, do a couple things here on staff, but one of them is the director of married ministry. Uh, so I've been here about seven years uh, on staff. Um, we walked in when I was in seminary, walked into this, this little church that was meeting in a hotel room. And I remember telling my wife, like, this church will be something someday. Well, that was Watermark about ten years ago. And so I interned and then had the privilege of being on staff this last seven years. It's been a really, really fun run. So uh, my wife, Pam, and I have been married 14 years. We're high school sweethearts. And uh, we have four kiddos. Uh, Dawson is 10, Madison is 8, Hudson is 6, and Emerson is 4. And so Pam and the kids are actually at a service project this morning. Uh, so she couldn't be here otherwise. Uh, she definitely would. Um, and so I think, as, as I understand it, my role is just kind of to moderate. Um, uh, the Grahams are going to be with us here at Kyle and Sarah. And so they've, they've prepared a really great outline. I'll let them introduce uh, themselves and just kind of start off a bulk of our, our time. And then I'll come back up and just kind of do some, uh, some Q&A and kind of moderate that. So uh, can I pray for us before yeah, we get started? Yeah, thanks, great. So let's just kind of pray and um, ask God to just kind of have his way in our hearts uh, here. Okay. So, Father, um, the thought of parenting um, your sons and daughters is just really, really overwhelming. And, um, and if it isn't, it should be, um, God, because you care more about our kids than, than we do. Uh, you want them to grow in obedience and uh, intimacy with you more than we do. And yet we want that really, really bad, and sometimes we don't know how. Um, so we pray for help. Lord, we pray for your wisdom. Uh, we pray for... Um, we're just really, uh, I guess, a motivation and an energy when we leave here, as well as a plan, and uh, and and really just a renewed sense of uh, of gratitude for the opportunity you've given us. And so I pray you'd use the Grams, their story, their wisdom, uh, what what you've been doing in their parenting, uh, in their kiddos, um, and just to really encourage and challenge us. And I pray just as a group of friends, we'd have a great conversation about what it would look like to be faithful parents. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Hey, one other thing before these guys get started. Um, I don't know if Kyle said this. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't there. But one of, one of the dangers of something like this, it, kind of the drive-by parenting kind of conference, right? You'll hear, you're going to hear probably some great stuff from the Grams. Kyle will lay some stuff on you. If you stick around, you're going to hear from you know, a couple other couples. And the tendency can be to really leave here just kind of overwhelmed, beat down, you know, and discouraged, right? And it's like, well, man, these guys are all superheroes and... and that we can't even, you know, get our kids dressed in the church on time, you know, kind of that kind of deal. Okay, um, and so the goal is just for you to pick a few things. Oh, first off, is to know that you're probably only get, you only get sound bites. Okay, uh, if the cameras rolled in the homes, you'd kind of get the complete picture. Okay, there's not enough time to, to tease all that out. So you're just going to get some sound bites uh, from these guys, from anyone else you hear today. Okay, so be encouraged, learn, and then just pick a couple things. Okay, don't leave here uh, beating each other up. But generally what will happen is the wives will leave here with a list of like 25 things and she'll just push it to the guy and say, do this, you know, you, you're failing as a husband okay? that, and, and as a father. That will happen. Okay? So don't do that. But circle a few things, have, have some conversations, and just pick, pick some things to, to kind of move the ball down the field and move further uh, to a plan that feels really solid for your family. Okay? Great. Grams? Great. Thanks, John. Uh, well, welcome, everyone. Um, if you didn't pick up, there's some notes that on your way in. If you're in the back and you want to come up, there are seats up close, or if you're more comfortable there, please stay. Um, I'm Kyle Graham, and this is my wife, Sarah. And um, we've been married a little over 11 years now, as of June. And um, we met in junior high over at Forest Meadow Junior High in the Lake Highlands area, if any of y'all are familiar with it. 
Um, to answer the first question that we normally get after that, we did not start dating in seventh grade. Um, we had a very interesting relationship. We were really, really became best friends all the way through high school. Uh, Sarah, Sarah truly was one of my best friends in high school. And then uh, he could drive. I didn't have my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that started it. Uh, but no, as we, as we both went our separate ways in college, Sarah went off to to Lubbock to go to Texas Tech, and I went to Texas A&M. Um, the, uh, I guess the next step in our relationship started. We started dating. Um, we both ended up graduating from Texas A&M and got married not too long after that. Um, uh, by God's design, and I say that because if you'd asked me 12 years ago when I was going to start having kids and all that, I'm not sure I would yet. <laughs> and um, I would have said, oh yeah, I'll be at least 35 or 40 before I have any kids. Um, but by God's design, he, he had a different plan, and he uh, blessed us with children early in our marriage and at a young age. Um, we have uh, four children. Mason is nine years old. Garrett is seven years old. Um, Reed is four years old, and Wagner is 18 months old. And for those of you counting that, those were all boys, yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to try our, our best to give you as much of a balanced approach as we can today. Um, we, we are around lots of girls in the neighborhood and school and so forth and so on, but um, are, have not been given the opportunity to parent any girls. But I think we can still offer something up to you. Um, <clears throat> Our goal is just kind of as parents that we just kind of want to develop passionate followers of Christ and make our home a place to do that. So we just wanted today just provide a structure, just something simple that you can just take one or two things away just so you can pass your faith onto your children in your home and just to raise godly kids. Um, this is, we had no idea what a godly family looked like. We were raised in Christian homes, both of us. Our parents still live around the corner from each other and they are fabulous grandparents, but we were not raised in a home where we were taught how to be a passionate follower of Christ. And so this is just kind of what we have stumbled our way through by talking to people who are much wiser than we are. These are not all things that we do. This is something we aspire to do. Tomorrow morning, you're going to see us get out of our car at church, and I'm going to be grumpy because we're late or because somebody doesn't have shoes on and we thought they had shoes on when they got in the car and they don't have shoes on. Um, Kim Stroop down in the um, baby center gets our baby every week and she's like, Wagner, you didn't make it with your shoes this week, did you? Every week. And I'm like, but he has a diaper, right? <laughs> so this is what works for our family. Your family is different. It's unique. And you're going to have a plan that works perfectly for you. So our encouragement is just to develop a plan just to raise to pass your faith on to your children in your home. And so that's just where our heart is. We do go to family camp every summer um, with our family at Pine Cove. And so that's where, when Mason was about four and Garrett was about two, um, we kind of realized that we were in way over our heads. And if we were going to really make a difference and not just survive the next 16 to 18 to 20 years with them, that we were going to have to make a, a drastic change and just really be submissive to what um, Christ was calling our family to. And so we began just the, kind of the process of just starting one thing at a time just to um, get a heart. And we knew that God had a heart for our family and had a plan and just to, to kind of discover what that was. So. Uh, so earlier, I don't think everyone was here yet, um, John was kind of doing the what are ages of kids and number of kids and so forth and so on. But with everybody here, I want to, it, it will help Sarah and I a little bit. So 
Um, if you want to stand when I call a certain group, please do. It can kind of be your pregame stretch to go with the theme today. But so um, just either raise your hands or standing. How many people in the room have a son? Okay. And how many have a daughter? About half and half. And how many have a son and a daughter? Okay. Do we have any families with boys only? Okay. How about girls only? And I, okay. And I think I may have seen a couple of you that didn't raise your hand. Is there anybody that doesn't have kids yet? No. Okay. I missed one there. Okay. So, um, okay. And then to help us for this specific grade. So, if you have a um, third grader, will you let us know? Okay. Second graders, first graders. A lot of first graders. A lot of first graders. Great. Is there anyone who their oldest child is younger than first grade? Great, we got a couple of those. Okay, y'all are well, y'all are be really prepared. <laughs> um, that's great. Okay, well, good. Uh, thanks for thanks for kind of showing us um, to give us an idea of our audience here. Um, so, to, what we're going to do, kind of, if you're following along in the outline, we're, we're moving to the playbook section, um, and um, basically where we want to start. And for those of you that were just in there with Kyle Kegler, Kyle touched on this a little bit. Um, kind of the the verse that's been pulled out for the theme today is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take a minute to read it real fast. It's, it's on everyone's pages, but it's got some really key things in there. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. Okay, so, um, not that I'm the biggest biblical scholar in the world, but to give everyone a little bit of background on what's going on here. So, um, basically, this is the Bible's charge, I believe, and Sarah and I believe, for as for parents. It's, it's really clear there. And what's going on here in, in Deuteronomy is so basically Deuteronomy is documenting Moses' message to the Israelites right before his death. Okay? And he is, he is basically giving them, um, a, for lack of a better word, almost a farewell speech. Okay? He's about to turn over the Israelites. He's on his... He's, you know, his, the leadership he's about to turn over. And um, he's talking about critical issues that they're going to face in their future. And one of them, obviously, is, their, is parenting and the next generations behind you. Um, so basically what he's talking about here and what it's talking about in Deuteronomy is that we're responsible for the next generations um, that, for their faith, okay? And um, I, I read a book a couple years ago called Anchorman, which was a good book. To sum it up really quick, Anchorman talks about it actually kind of calls you to be responsible for two generations. And the idea is if you're responsible for your kids' faith and your grandkids' faith and you instill that on your kids, then they do it again too and it just continues on. Okay, um, So it's, it's similar here. Now in, in Deuteronomy it specifically says kind of the next generation. Um, the other thing that's really interesting here is this this um, message wasn't just to leaders of the church or leaders of the Israelites. It was to all Israelites. It was to parents, and it specifically 
talks about parents. So I think there's a connection there, kind of what Kyle Kegler was talking about this morning, related to tying together parents and the church. And um, But the, the key here is as parents, we're the primary responsibility uh, for, our parent, for our children's faith. So along those lines, what I, what I want to really bring up here is the, the idea that you are the coach, okay? And if you look at um, sports teams, you know, there's a head coach in most cases. There's assistant coaches in most, case, in most cases. Um, but the successful coaches are, are what I believe is a, a, something that ties successful coaches together is they take responsibility for their team. The buck stops with them. They're the coach. They're the head coach. The, um, the burden ultimately stops at them. Now, the really good ones also have lots of resources. They have assistant coaches that they utilize um, and so forth and so on. But they make the final decision. In the middle of the game, they're the ones that call a timeout. Uh, to use a basketball analogy, they're coming over. They have the clipboard. They're drawing up the next play. It's that, that head coach. But weeks and months before, they used the resources around them to know what the strengths of their players were and so forth and so on. And it's similar for us as parents. We're the head coach, okay? Um, we, can, we can do a lot of things to supplement. You know, we can get good teaching at church. Um, we can get good teaching at school. Um, we can use other supplements like your pediatrician. Um, in our case, we have a son with asthma. We go to a, an asthma specialist. Um, you can um, look at, you know, we have a son who's gone to speech tutoring, reading tutoring, some other things like that. We read lots of books. Um, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. But the bottom line is those are all supplements. And that includes what you're getting from Watermark, okay? Because as Kyle said this morning, Watermark is engaging your kids, you know, probably at best a few hours a week, maybe, if you're here every single week all year long. Um, and you're engaging with your kids, obviously, you know, probably lots more than that. And I think he gave a, a stat this morning. I don't remember the exact numbers. Um, so anyway, I believe that as the coach, it's really, really, really important that we talk the walk and we walk the talk, Okay. We can say to our kids, you need to do this, um, I expect this, but if we're not doing it ourselves, when they start getting to this age, first through third graders, they're starting to kind of figure out the world and they start to go, you know, I don't necessarily have to do what mom and dad say. Um, and I understand younger ones do that too, but specifically for the first through third graders, you know, they are at a point where they intelligently are figuring out the world. It's not just a tantrum, so to speak. You know, they can, they can start to understand that they don't have to do everything. It's that same philosophy is I can go and I can stare at the treadmill and I can look at it and I can think about working out and I can talk about working out, but if I'm not on the treadmill actually walking, my kids don't see it and nothing's going to change and nothing's going to happen. And so it's just that philosophy of just getting in the game and making sure that you are possessing what you have asked them to possess. So so it's really important, you know, our our children, we, we have to be passionate pursuers of Jesus Christ and that's something they're going to see in us. They're going to start to pick up on that. And in fact, it talks about it um, a couple times in the Bible. In Philippians 4.9, it says, The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And I think that's something that 
our kids see. They hear us. They see us and so forth and so on. And I think we as parents, I will say we, myself, I have been really guilty of that. Kyle will walk in the door and I'll be like, these kids, today was just the hardest day. So-and-so was selfish and da-da-da-da-da. And it was like... Four fingers are pointing back at me because I was selfish in my time because I wanted to get that list of laundry done and get everything done, and I didn't spend the time. And it just always comes back, I feel like, to me as setting that tone of there are certain things that I have not practiced a lot of times, and I'm fussing at my kids for practicing those things, and I haven't, I haven't possessed them also, exactly. every day. Yeah. Uh, there's also, um, in Colossians, it says, uh, Walk in the manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects by bearing fruit and increasing in the knowledge of God. And as we do that, our kids are going to see us do that. Um, Sarah talked a minute ago about um, we go to Pine Cove Family Camp. And we were there earlier this summer. And a couple things really came out of some of the speaker sessions that were really, I thought was a really great thing. And and I don't want to segment it by moms and dads, but just something for the men in the room, the, the, the fathers. Um, there, there's a gentleman down there who heads up the family camp, and he was talking about recently he saw a statistic, and this just to, this statistic floored me. Um, he said if they're they, they've done some research, and on if children um, and they define children, I believe under the age of 18, if a child gets engaged at a church, okay, goes with a friend, um, whatever they they come to a Sunday night thing, a Wednesday night thing, whatever it is they are likely 3% of the time to stay engaged with the church long-term, okay? They also showed that if the mom gets engaged with her children, that 17% of the time the the child stays engaged long-term. Now, here's where it gets really crazy. If the father gets engaged, okay, 94% of the time that child stays with the church long-term. That they don't walk away from their faith, and and that's and that's sons and daughters, and it's that just as a father really floored me um, that the percentage would be that much, and I think the reason why it floored me is when I look at mine and Sarah's relationship with our with our children, she's in the trenches more than I am with our kids because I I go to work, you know, like um, a lot of people do. She stays home with our kids, so she is there engaging our children a lot more than I am. So I was really surprised to see that statistic. The other thing that really stuck out at me when we were at Pine Cove is um, there's a, a lady there who is the wife of the CEO of Pine Cove, and she gave a talk on um, parenting that we enjoy going to. She does it pretty much every year. She threw out a word there that really stuck in my mind. She used the word ambassador. And the reason why that sticks out in my mind is when I think of an ambassador you know, I'm thinking of like an ambassador of the United States to another country, someone who's very polished, um, knows what they're talking about, is there on behalf of someone, so forth and so on. What she said is, as parents, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ to our children. Okay? So, you know, they see us every day, and we have to ask ourselves, are we being a good ambassador for Jesus today to our children? Um, do my children want to be more like Jesus because of what I did for them today? And honestly, the answer is yes, some days and no, some days. I mean, just last night at our house, <laughs> I was not a good ambassador for Jesus with my seven-year-old. Bedtime son. was rough. Bedtime was very rough <laughs> last night, and um, and I would like to think that maybe God put that in our situation so I could use it today, but. The, the bottom line is, is you know, I 
I should have known better what happened. I was not a good ambassador. And that was, this was one of the first things that popped into my head. As soon as it happened, I went, man, I just I ruined everything we did today, just in a matter of five seconds, you know. Um, so. I think with just knowing that we have to possess it, we have to have a plan. And um, being a passionate follower of Jesus ourselves is not enough. They're going to see it, but we have to be intentional about passing our spiritual um, heritage on to our children. Um, I know in our situation, our story, we hit first grade with our oldest son, and I really wanted him to feel included, and I really wanted him to feel um, important. And so we were kind of on this conveyor belt of everybody signed up for soccer, and then they signed up for basketball, and then they did this, and then and it was like we had a full schedule, and we had just our first grader in school, and we just kind of were chickens with our heads cut off, just following in line of what you were supposed to do, doing great things. We were going to Building Christian Men, going to BSF, doing all of these great things, but the enemy, the good was the enemy of the great. Nothing great could happen because we were doing everything, and we had no intentional plan for our son that took into account his needs, the structure of our family. We have four boys. They cannot play every sport. We're going to have to pick and choose and that's part of the privilege of being in a, fam- a large family. I guess you can count four as a large family. But um, the enemy for us was we were, we were just too busy. And so I just think this is a great age because you can really develop their spiritual foundation. You've gotten through the whole, my child is potty trained. My child knows how to communicate with me. They're starting to really figure out their way in the world. Um, we also have a plethora of resources at this time. When we went to the parenting conference last year, we talked with the Coxes a little bit afterwards, and they said, don't make the river wider, make it deeper. You have resources between the watermark blogs, what they hand, that little duck or whatever they hand you in Sunday school every week, that is our family verse. It is handed to me. I don't have to go look at the Bible and create something new. I, I'm not successful when I'm overburdened. And so making, just making what they're doing a little bit deeper and just taking it and bringing it into your home, what they have already created, makes it simple and easy for me. Um, going back, I know that um, Kyle really um, pulled, pulled this out. I just kind of want to touch on this a second. Um, we can really use Moses' instruction to provide that structure. I mean, it's, it's written right out there for you. Take advantage of the time that's already building your schedule. My children wake up every morning. They eat breakfast every morning. We have three meals, two meals a day together, sometimes three. Um, we drive in the car and we put them to bed. This is a structure that you can use to make your time intentional. If I had this chart years ago, it would have... What I really like it too is the role because... You get confused at this point, I think. I really wanted to understand Mason, and I really wanted to understand what he was going through. But at the same point, keep um, the authority that God has designed as God, the parent, and the child. And so I really love that when you sit at home during those meal times, to have that teaching time. And in the morning, Kyle's great. He gets up and has his quiet time before breakfast. And then he's been reading through Proverbs, I think, on his third time now. Um, like Todd suggested. And he's able to just share that niblet with, with our boys at breakfast before they even get anything else in their brain. They have soaked in the word because of what Kyle has done and just really able to establish those values through just a conversation. And, and really, Kyle does a great job about um, making it a sticky situation, we kind of call it, and saying, here's what it's saying. How is this going to look for you today? It says, you know, whatever, whatever proverb he kind of focuses in on, you know, you're going to hit this today, and what's it going to look like for a fourth-grade boy? What's it, it's going to look different to me at work, and it may look like this. And really just helping them take it to that level of self, um, applying it. 
um, the drive time is usually me. And it's great because you usually have their friends in the car when you're driving. And I love it when girls are in my car because I can get a lot more information. (laughs) And so I'm like, really? That's what happens? (laughs) I like more of the emotional side of it than just all the facts that uh, my boys tend to give me, which is great. But um, you can really be their friend and really just kind of listen to them and encourage them. I love to be that last parent before you drop them off at carpool or you drop them off at that friend's house to say, you know what, you go knock it out of the park for God today. What are you going to do that's going to honor God today? And when I get back, at, when I pick Mason up, he says, Mom, what did you do at Target today that honored God? And I'm like, yeah, you got me. But just really making that last thing, just putting that purpose and just making your time intentional because I lose my focus. I, I, I get busy. Um, I love bedtime. It's my favorite time because when the lights are out, they will say anything. And they kind of turn the lights out. We kind of pray together. And just building that intimacy. And I usually have to bring up, hey, I noticed today when you were playing with so-and-so, you seem to really be insisting on your own way. Why, why do you think that was? And really just kind of working through some of those. It's a great time for teaching. I really wanted to at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when he was insisting on his own way with his friend, step in there and start drilling at home right then, but he doesn't hear me. He hears me when I put the time in, when the lights are out, and it's not a threatening situation. At bedtime, they will say anything, and he hears me, especially Kyle, at bedtime, and we kind of trade off who gets bedtime. Um, that morning time, just going back, we, I use meal time for that morning time, but just instilling a purpose and just encouraging them. Um, I know that I want to be encouraged, and so just really taking that extra moment um, to encourage them. Um, I really liked at the end of um, this verse, it talked about, if I can find it, um, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I lose my focus, like I said, all day long, and I really want to focus on getting the dishes done and getting the laundry and getting some sort of meal plan because they're going to get hungry about 5 o'clock. And so... I have to have scripture just to keep me focused above my sink. Um, someone said they write it in wipe marker, you know, this wipe mark on their children's mirror. How cool is that when you walk in your bathroom to brush your teeth? That you've got it right there for the day. Um, it's beside my children's beds on their bedside table, just encouraging where's the scripture we're working on. Um, just to keep me focused and just so that I am soaking in the word and not in my own way and not in my... Um, plan for the day for sure um we now that we kind of have a structure for just our time to be intentional um there are some things that we would like to say we do all of these things but there's some time some things that we do um and have just taken from other people that really can make um a difference and so this is kind of where the meat of our um just ideas we have from tons of other people that we just kind of want to share um would you take one thing and make it work for you but this is kind of um, something that we have um, just to help build a relationship with Christ for your children. Can you hear that? I, hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a reason here. It's not. Just, I need a peppermint right now. We're gonna we're gonna do a, a quick little experiment here. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna come back to it. I'm gonna drop. We just have a regular peppermint. Here, I'm dropping a cup too. of water. Here, I got one open already. Since we should open those earlier, but um, and we'll come back to that in a minute. So. Basically, now we're moving into the game time part. This is, they're up, the kids are up, the first through third graders are doing their thing. What are we trying to do? Um, and, and the biggest thing, I think, is the clock is running, okay? It, 
whatever we decide to do today, the clock is running. So we can either use that time in a manner that is purposeful or we can can survive. survive. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, So the biggest thing, I think, for first through third graders that really excites Sarah and I at this point, both with the boys and the girls, is they are they're at such a great age where they're really starting to understand the world they're um they're kind of like sponges you know they're, they're eager yeah they're eager they're they're learning things they have questions they share with you they share they tell you even our boys and going back to the boys and girls uh, Sarah and I picked up uh, Mason from camp a few weeks ago and our good neighbors from down the overnight camp like he's been there camp. 5 nights by yeah. himself right and our, our our good friend down the street has a daughter the same age. And so, you know, we get in the cars to drive home, and Sarah and I are so excited. Mason, what did you do this week? I'm, like, crying when I pick him up. Yeah. I'm so excited. And, and he's like, oh, nothing. You know, we just had fun. It was awesome. It was, it was awesome. We're like, what was awesome? Oh, you know, just the My stuff we did. You know, I mean, he, <laughs> it was just little bitty tidbits. And our friend down the street's daughter, uh, I was talking to her dad, and he was like, I almost wanted to tell her to stop. She was just like... She you know, taught him every song they all sang the songs, all, all week I mean, long. And yeah. I'm like, they sang songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't hear any of this. So you kind of have to pry it out of them. But um, the, the bottom line, though, is that the the girls and the boys, they're they're engaged, they're learning, they're kind of going out on their own. They still think you're cool. They think you're cool. Um, it, it's a lot of... It's, it's really great. So a quick verse here. So Proverbs 22.6 says... Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not run from it. And that that right there is just a small tidbit of what we're talking about today. It's the training. Um, the other thing, and Sarah touched on this earlier, at, at this point when you're talking about your day, okay, is know your opponent, to take it back to the coach analogy. Um, you know, a successful coach doesn't just go out on the field with what he's got or she has. What they do is they study their opponent and figure out where do my strengths line up with their weaknesses, so to speak. For Sarah and I, our, I think our biggest opponent on a day-to-day with, with our, our first through third graders is busyness and competition. I mean, for our family, those two, you know, if it was up to Mason and Garrett, our two older ones, they would pretty much go nonstop with one of their friends from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night, and it, it just—it's craziness if, if we allowed that. So, but figure out what yours is for your family. It may be inclusion. You your know, child feeling in, included with their friends. It might be you know at their school, their grades. It may be perfectionism. Just figure out what it is. It's important to know who are we who are we fighting today. What are we fighting what today? What throws your family off course? Yeah. Being late throws me off course. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, okay, so... Well, um, I think the most important thing is protect a time. Find a time in your schedule that you are not willing to budge on. Ours is Wednesday night, even during the summer. I, I don't care if... I don't know who the Jonas Brothers are playing on the concert on Wednesday night. Wednesday night for our family is a protected time. Um, because what your family soaks in, they become. If the mint represented your family, it, it's, it's whole, it's together, it is your family, and you soak it in something, it becomes what it's soaking in. So are you soaking in the world 
and keeping up and the busyness and making our child feel like they were a star on the soccer field and really struggling through all of those things. And if that's what I'm aiming for, my children are going to become that. But if I'm really teaching my child truth in our home during those meal times and those drive times and really placing scripture on their hearts so that they know truth, they are going to soak in that and they are going to become immersed in that. So they will become whatever world you place them in. And I think that's encouraging to me, just as a parent, just knowing, just really sharing truth with them and just sharing the delight of a relationship and just knowing what an amazing God we do have and being able to relay that to him, to them. Just really, um, they're going to become what you soak them in. I think that's kind of um, scary to me sometimes too. Um, Wednesday night dinner. Um, Sundays, a lot of times our boys want to have a play date on Sunday. That's great if the kids are outside, but a lot of times Sundays we kind of try to make it's just kind of a family day, just preparing for the week. For us, that's what works. Um, Wednesday night dinner is also our Devo night. And so Wednesday night, um, we have a person that's the Graham guy each week. It rotates, so once every month, well, the baby doesn't get to do it yet. We decided he has to be two to do it. But they, if there are two mints or there are two watermelon Jolly Ranchers, or there's one job, that kid gets to pick first. That kid gets a date that week. He is our grand guy. Our neighbors on the street have the Hutton hero. You, you decide what works, but they are the chef with me. They pick the meal, they plan the meal, and they prepare the meal with me. This doesn't happen every week, but in an ideal situation, they are um, that important person, and then they serve the family. And it's just it's a great lesson of service to the family, to each other. Um, can, I, can I jump yeah. in there real quick? Another great thing about the Graham guy for us is our kids don't realize it, especially the older ones. I don't think they've figured this out yet. But it's a great reward for them because the things that come along with the Graham guy, they get first shot at, but they don't get it if certain things don't happen. Part of being the Graham guy is you have responsibilities at the house. That's Like for my two older boys, the week they're the Graham guy, typically they take the trash out. You know, They have other responsibilities that gets them... They have to prove trustworthy to receive the privilege. To receive kind of the privilege. So If we're both home and one of us has to run an errand, that kid goes. And they don't always want to go. But it's a great time for you just to be able to specifically invest in if you have more than one child. Just really time to do that. And so they and all of four of my children want to be in the kitchen with me at dinner time, and I can't. I lose mine. And so Wednesday nights is a great time for that child to be in there with me. Um, we also, on Wednesday nights sometimes, we'll take a paper plate and um, have each person's name on it sitting at our place. And we eat in the dining room on Wednesday nights. Our dining room is not fancy. So they, um, and I'll just um, marker their name on the paper plates, and then we'll just trade the plates and be able to say something encouraging and write it on that person's plate, and then their meal goes on top of the marker. And it's just a great way for the boys to be able to encourage each other and to say, you know, Mason today I really saw that you tamed your tongue when you were mad at me and I took your... I was in your room, and you wanted me out, and I did not listen to you. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing to me how much they have been able to encourage each other if we provide a safe place for them to do it and teach them how. They don't know how to do that. And so the, um, Wednesday night is a great midweek checkup for us as a family, too. It, it's great. And then Kyle does a um, family devotional after our meal, so I'll let him. Yeah, yeah we, what we try to do, ideally we would have a family devo every Wednesday night. Um, I would say on a given month, it's probably two or three times a month. But 
Um, but that's that's good. I mean, we're we're making progress. And and typically, and this is something that was really overwhelming for me at first because I think in my mind a family devo, a devotional was like um, coming to Watermark for the men's Thursday morning deal where they have a whole hour set out for you and they have lots of biblical references and. Um, and this is what you need to take away from this today. And as a man, you need to go to the professional world and do this and go home and do this with your wife and do this as a father. And once I got out, out, that out of my head, that a family Devo for my family with, you know, a 9, 7, 4, and 18-month-old, if I'm lucky, is maybe five minutes long. Um, on a really good week, if we've worn them out, like if they had a really big day during the summer, I might get seven or eight minutes. But... <laughs> it has to be fun. It, they yeah. have to like they say their verse and they jump off the ottoman. Yeah, they, I mean it has to be. We are not sitting, and it's not a very formal situation. It's just us sharing our heart and a truth from the Bible. Yeah, and and so that, that's what we're trying to do now. The, the really good, the important thing is make it fun and figure out a way to integrate it into their life. Okay, now one thing just to give you a, a kind of an idea here. So this is where we stumbled is, okay, now that we have this time, what do we do? Yeah, with what it? do we do? We never had a family right. devotional as a child. Like, what, what, what do we do with the time? And so Sarah talked about the, the Watermark Parenting Conference. When we were there, um, a couple of different people talked about, and I think it was mostly Todd Wagner talked about it, but it was the five S's of godly men and godly women. It's in your and it's in, uh, it ought to be in packets. the back of your packets. Uh, it looks like it's page six and page seven. And so basically, and I'll spare you the whole thing, but basically what it is is, as a godly man, we want godly men to step up, speak out, stand firm, stay humble, and serve the king. Okay, if we can create a man that does those things, then Sarah and I believe we've been successful. Um, the counterpart for those of you with daughters along kind of the same lines, and I'm sure that this has been recorded somewhere if you want to go listen to it. It is. It's on their blog. I think it's, it's on, on yeah. For, for, the, for the daughters would be serve first, speak faithfully, show beauty, stay humble, and seek God. And all of these kind of have a scriptural reference. Well, what we did was is this, for the godly men, this was my... There, I came home we and said, ten weeks. here's 10 weeks of family devos. I mean, and it, it truly was. I mean, we, and, and at first I thought, oh, it's five weeks. Well, what I found out is I can't cover one of these in one week with nine-year-olds and younger. So we, we broke it out. Um, we made it fun, though. For example, on the stand firm one, you know, we got out, like, the blocks, the building blocks, and we kind of created um, a situation from, and I just totally went blank, the the wall builder in um, in the Bible. What's his name? I don't know. Nehemiah. Thank you, John. <laughs> so we, we took kind of the story of Nehemiah and we talked about how he's building a wall and we built a wall with gaps in it and everything. And we the, the idea for these boys was we really charged them physically and we're like, hey, your job is to jump into the gap. You're standing firm. You're... Your responsibility for God is to stand firm. It's also your responsibility for your family. And it gives you an opportunity to go to the Bible, do something fun. They got to build a wall, you know, and they got to each jump in the gap and all this fun stuff. And it's like five minutes and then we go home. I mean, you know, go about the rest of our eating. And then we have dessert. That's the key. Yeah, have dessert afterwards. <laughs> after, after the Devo. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, another thing that we do along with the Family Devo every week is... Um, and Sarah hit on it too. We kind of have a verse of the week. And sometimes it's the verse of weeks, you know. 
But we have a whiteboard in our kitchen. It is not pretty. No, it's not My pretty My artwork all. in our kitchen is a whiteboard. Yeah. Um, and I think it took us a while to get past the fact that we've got an enormous whiteboard in our kitchen. But, you know, that's, that's how it works. That's where we are now. Right. That's where we are in life. But at the top of our whiteboard, we have a family verse for the year. And we, ch- we change it. Um, we, we periodically change it. We just updated it. This is our second year. We're going, we've got a family verse that we're kind of talking about for the year. But then we also will put maybe put up a weekly verse, something that maybe came home from Watermark on Sunday. Um, it might be something that we're working on with the kids. If we're really struggling with an issue that you see in common, we will pull something from that. Um, lying, anger, something. We will, we will pull simple, short verses. Mm-hmm. And then also what we'll do in this kind of family Devo time or during the week is we might have prayers for each member of our family. Um, for example, a couple of weeks ago, we were having a bunch of families over to the house. And the morning of it, Sarah stood up and we put everybody's name on the whiteboard. And we said, hey, what are we going to pray about for you where you can serve these? Because we, we were having like, I think it was 10 families <laughs> over. It was going to be really chaotic. You know, what can you do to help serve? And we just wrote a little thing. And then each of the boys, the ones that can read, so the first through third graders, you know, they can go, hey, I'm going to pray for my brother Wagner. Well, Wagner doesn't really serve. He's 18 months. My brother Reed, that he's going to serve to do this today. So it allows us to put something up there that we see every day. That they thought of. That was their idea. was a way they could contribute. Yeah. And it also is a great way when they... um, are not so pleased with each other to pray with and for each other. Yes. Um, just to spend some time before the Lord when you have um, angered and it, it's a great way to step in there. In the calendar. Yeah, go ahead. We and you can put a blank calendar up there, print it off your outlet, print it off whatever, and um, each boy in our family has a different color, just on my calendar and on the whiteboard and everything. And um, you can put a sticker each day that they say their memory verse, and they can see. You know, this week, this is our memory verse, and who, who knew it each day? And I guarantee they will all know it because they want that sticker on the, on, the, on the chart. And so, and we just get a new um, chart each month um, and just put a sticker. Or let them sign it. Let them do something where they have ownership of memorizing that verse and putting it on their heart. And then we'll go back, and you have a calendar of every verse you did as a family, and so you don't lose them. You can keep track of those for, for verses you have claimed and not... Um, lose them and um because i think i realized the first year we did all these great verses and then if they weren't on my brain i didn't know what they were so um moving on the graham guidelines that's what we called it um we were at family camp two summers ago and um i think i realized you know our baby was five months old then i was like i have four boys and if i'm ever going to leave the house it's going to have to function and it's going to have to work and it's going to have to be not chaos or I'm going to get busy and I'm going to start yelling and we're going to go way off track. And so we kind of sat down as a family and we um, decided what our family verse was going to be. And for 2008, um, it was First Thessalonians 5.11. There's a sheet if y'all want to yeah. look. In the Therefore, back of the encourage resources. one another and build each other up. Um, this year, it's the Matthew 6 um, verse about storing up tre- for where your he- tre- um, treasure is, your heart will be also. And so we kind of change it each summer based on um, where we feel our family needs to be. And we just kind of sat down and we said, there are three rules. When we don't do these things, I kind of get, we kind of lose it. We get off track. Um, and it's showing proper respect to everyone, honoring your brother's words and bodies, and obeying first time right away with a happy heart. And those are our three rules for me. Um, when we are in our home, when we are everywhere, I can always take it back to that. 
the A, B, C, and D underneath it are what the boys have kind of come back and how we've defined it. When we spent a week during our family Devo looking at 1 Peter 2.17, showing proper respect to everyone, what does it look like? It means saying yes, ma'am, yes, sir. It means opening uh, the door because mom has a stroller, a purse, a bag, four kids. I mean, it means taking the time, um, not insisting on your own way, um, staying humble, not bragging. And we really had to go through and define it, um, what it looks like, what it means. And that's where um, that whiteboard or just a poster board comes great. And you can just write, what does it look like to show proper respect and just let them go to town on this poster board and put it in your kitchen at breakfast every morning. They've got it. They know this week. I am working on showing proper respect. Um, I don't know if you have uh, a four-year-old, but mine hangs on me like this and pulls on me, and it kind of makes me crazy. But because, um, you know, if you're wearing a threat, you know, it can get. And so um, showing proper respect is, is just teaching him just how to do that. And if he needs my attention, he can walk up and touch me, but he doesn't have to pull on me and scream at me. And so it just it's, it's really... Just ta- it's given us a structure for really able to um, just it's, it's really made them evaluate themselves I think and that's what's been great because I can fuss at them all day long and we can do all these great things but if they're not able to really kind of evaluate themselves this has really just kind of given us and we just kind of sat down and wrote it ourselves and just tried to figure out what worked So, and we had seen someone kind of gave us an example so we went and found you know, things that worked for us. And, and it's really, I think at first when Sarah and I first started working on it, I'm like, well, we need like 15 rules, you know. But the reality is, is we were able to come up with three that are general enough. They cover almost, you can cover almost every situation. It took it to the heart and to the character as opposed to the behavior. And so that for me was key at this age. Because at this age, it's not don't bite. You've kind of worked your way through that most days at our house. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the, the other kind of game time principle that we have here that I was going to talk a minute about was, was really trying to find one-on-one time with your child. And especially, I think this is really important for this audience that we're talking about, the first through third graders, because um, regardless of if you have a family of, with four kids like we do, or if you have one, the reality is at this age is your child is out of your house or out of your control a lot more. You know, they are, they're going to school. They're more independently at friends' houses. So this one-on-one time really allows, and one-on-one time being one-on-one time with dad and one-on-one time with mom, not one-on-one time with mom and dad. It's, you know, separated. It really allows um, you to start a foundation that what we've been told from friends we have that have older kids is it really starts to build this foundation that helps later in life when you start talking about Things that if you walk in at 13, if you walk up to your 13-year-old and you want to talk to him about, you know, all of a sudden let's talk about sex, but you have no relationship with them, it's really hard, is what we've been told. So we we've been told that this is a really good tool at this time to start building that relationship. So you know, the one-on-one time it could be something really small. You know, it may be, hey, let's go grab an ice cream cone or a Sonic drink. Which, by the way. Have y'all seen the marketing campaign for Sonic, the whole happy hour? Is it Who goes to Sonic? We're and Sonic freaks, okay? They, they have this whole happy hour thing. Sarah and I were commenting the other day, our kids are going to grow up and think that happy hour is Sonic. <laughs> because they'll be in public and say, let's go to happy let's hour. Happy hour. this lady looks at me, yeah, you know, I mean, like, you're like, what do you mean? Sonic. You're taking your kid to happy, you know, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so we have to be careful there. But um, 
But, you know, the kids think it's it's really cool. It may be something really big. Earlier this year, Sarah was giving enough to come to me and say, hey, I think we ought to set aside a decent budget, and I want you to go do something with the boys. Pretty major. Like a, a big thing. And we talked about it, and we, we pretty much went to our three older boys and said, hey, we're not going to Disney World, but what do you want to go do? You get a day, okay, and we can do something really huge. And, um, and this is kind of how we're going to get there. And, you know, my, uh, my four-year-old wanted to go to the zoo, so we went to the Dallas Zoo. My seven-year-old went to the Dallas World Aquarium in downtown, which is great, by the way. And uh, my nine-year-old wanted to go see King Tut, the King Tut exhibit, which, was, which kind of threw me for a loop because the King Tut exhibit didn't sound that interesting to me. I'm thinking I'd, I'll be through the that Ranger place game. in like 15 <laughs> minutes, you know. Um, I would have much rather enjoyed the Ranger game. But it was really fun because Mason's real. What I learned that day about my nine-year-old that I didn't know is he loves all that stuff. And it, it made a connection between us. You know, he, he wanted to read every single thing there was in the whole King Tut exhibit. And he wanted to listen to the, you know, the thing. And we got that. And it, it, it was really a really fun time. But the key to it is don't just do your one-on-one time just to go be with them. Make it intentional with the, the kids this age. Talk to them about what's going on at school. What are your friends doing? Um, you know, what's, you know, things that are bothering you. It, you get an opportunity in the car. You know, just look for those opportunities to, to, to grab one. But go into it knowing, hey, I'd like to cover some things today if the opportunity arises. I think, too, this is the age where they're going to hear words that you don't use in your home. And this is a great... <laughs> time for them because I know it happened on the I soccer field. Words. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hear, they're going to, and, and our son said, what does such and such mean? And it's great that he was able to come and say, I don't know what that means and yeah. let's talk about this. And so. And that was like in first grade and Sarah and I were like, where did you hear that? You know. And, and so, yeah. And so I got over the protecting and really just kind of embraced the fact that we're going to work through these things with them because they're going to have a lot of struggles that come. Um, just from understanding and taking in that outside world, and during that one-on-one time, it's just a great time to really be able to um, walk through. Now, you're probably going to start hearing some of these words, and you're probably going to start experiencing some of these things on the soccer field at recess when you play, that, you know, and, 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 and really start to be able to predict and, and kind of prepare them for what's coming. Um, knowing their struggles and strengths, um, our oldest son, well, I should, one of our sons, has... Um, serious pride issues during baseball and that ump cannot make the right call regardless he it's he can't stand i don't care who it is pride issues came from me probably (laughs) the ref he they made the wrong call and so we have really had to use sports for him um to really work through just some struggles with pride and um before he has in your packet you have our children and they may not have this but we have this um, our nine-year-old does have it. Um, the seven-year-old does not yet. You have their Bible verses. They know what they struggle with. And just some verses to be able to counteract it. Before baseball, um, we were able to pray through some pride things and really say, now it's going to happen this way today. How are you going to combat it? What is going to be on your heart? And so knowing his struggles for him, I graduated at 18 and I didn't know who I was. I don't think I knew who I was when I got married. And, and just knowing your struggles... Um, is huge. Um, using that poster board again in the kitchen and just talking about what's it going to look like for me to honor God at the baseball game today, I think it's huge, or at ballet, or with my girlfriends on the playground when someone starts to talk about somebody else. 
How can I stand firm? How can I step up? I think just really giving him those practical applications. Um, illustrate what it looks like to glorify God. Paint the picture for them. And um, this comes through. Um, this is a great way, too, for us to be able to pray for our children and pray through um, things that we want to see. It's a great way to look back and see where they've taken ground, see where they have um, conquered some issues. I know for a while there in first through third grade, um, one of our sons was lying about things that didn't really matter. Did you brush your teeth? Yes. I mean, is that really worth lying about? And so just go brush your teeth. And so really being able to see things that he has conquered because... I think at this age, every one of our children has lied about things that don't matter. And having a plan for being able to just talk through that and what it means to be trustworthy. And our four-and-a-half-year-old is going to get a hermit crab on Monday because he was trustworthy this past week. But um, just really just knowing them, um, just knowing them knowing them. And, and more importantly is to know their strengths. Our seven-year-old is incredibly empathetic. And he knows that about himself. And, we're, and um, the other boys are able to encourage him when he, he does show empathy for other people. Um, I think lastly, and this really hits... Can I hit, can I say yeah. something real quick? On the know your struggles and strengths, one thing that Sarah and I haven't done, and there's lots of things we haven't oh, done, but yeah. one of the things that we, we are planning to do is to kind of create a file folder for each of the boys. We've had a lot of people tell us that it's um, a great way to know what your plan is long-term and start patting it in and you can see some of the progress over the course of a year or two years or you know so forth and so on share a birthday breakfast with them and, and be able to pull that yeah. file folder out and look, look at what a great amazing things God has done in your life this year where, where are we struggling now and how are we going to conquer it really be able to look back and look forward and um, we haven't we haven't started yet but Mason's nine it's time to, to get going yeah, yeah. Um, I think for us we had said that um, competition was definitely something that we have struggled with during this age and um, Boys, girls, with sports, whatever it is, um, praise character and not accomplishments. Um, they begin they, to think they have to perform to receive yours, and then ultimately God's love. Um, I know that um, I try to take them. You know, we we try to go celebrate after a sports game when they just really pulled for the team, or they were encouraging. Not only when they got that goal, and I think I realized the message I was sending. You perform and you score, and we're going to go celebrate as a family. That's a great time to celebrate. But there are also other things that we value in our family that we want to celebrate also. And so I'm not telling you not to go celebrate by any means. Um, we I was just guilty of not also encouraging those times when they did pull for their team, when they did show empathy to that child. Um, who didn't feel included, whatever it is. Um, children judge other children based on three things, looks, money, and athletic ability. And so we have to kind of rewrite. Um, we have to counteract culture standards and rewrite um, based on the Bible truth for them. Um, during one of the family devos, it, take a jar, just a mason jar, a clear jar, and a roll of quarters. And when you hear your children encouraging each other or um, just praising character things in each other and really just starting to see some of that fruit, drop a quarter in the, um, in the jar and then take that jar to, um, I know we have a burger joint in our neighborhood, and they got to spend every one of those quarters. And for my kids to get a roll of quarters at a, at a turkey, t- whatever, was huge to them. And so just really being able to teach them how to rewrite the way our family uses words and really shape at this age the way we're going to encourage each other and the way we're going to struggle together as a family just to kind of counteract cultural and really just soak in the word. And it takes at those Devo times going through humility, going through um, um, hope and courage and, you know, 
they watched Scooby-Doo last night, and our nine-year-old, our seven-year-old was freaked out. Our nine-year-old was able to really encourage them and use Joshua 1-9. And, and we won't watch Scooby-Doo before bedtime again. <laughs> <laughs> but, we should um, know better. We should know better. <laughs> Maybe that's why bedtime was. Um, I think a great book for that that really helped us was the um, Tim Kimmel's book, Raising Kids for True Greatness. It kind of rewrote for us, um, redefined success for you and your child. And that was um, at this, from, it's, it's, it really changed me more than it did shape my children. So um, I think that was a great um, resource to just teach them to praise what we prize. So uh, I guess kind of to wrap some things up here, and then we're going to move into kind of a and a if you have any questions. Um, the, uh, a few, we've, we've laid out some of the resources that we've put out here that we've used for parenting. If you want to come up and look at them, I mean, some of them are books we've read, like Sarah just... Just raising kids for true greatness. We're both in the middle and almost done with this revolutionary parenting book, which is a real easy. It's, it's a great read. It will change. It's yeah. phenomenal. And then we've got some stuff for the boys. Um, and I'm I'm always kind of amazed because I'm sure those of you that have younger children have seen like the ABC Bible verse book yes. and Big Truths for Little Children. Our nine-year-old and seven-year-old they still love this stuff. I mean, they know they, everything. It's ABC order, and they have a verse and a situation of how to act, what it looks like. Um, a soft answer turns away wrath is A. And they give a story. This is great during breakfast. It's short, it's sweet, and my kids don't fight when I'm reading. And so it's great to be able to throw breakfast at them. And um, Kyle will open this or I'll read this. And it has a let's talk and a let's pray. Shut the book and they're done with breakfast, brush your teeth, and you have been charged with God's word before you even left the house. This is the next step from this book. And this has been... Um, it's a great word just to hide that scripture in their heart before they leave um, in the morning. I know that I didn't know how to do it, so I bought books. Uh, another one that we just started, and I don't know if this—I don't know how this would go over this with the girls. This is this is definitely the older end of the spectrum. It's called Bible Heroes and Bad Guys, and you can see it's kind of comic bookish looking. So, like uh, Mason en- really enjoys it, but it basically it goes through. Um, you know, it, it's the same thing. It takes a biblical truth, gives you a way to present it, and they've got multiple. Of, I know there's Different. at least two of these, yeah. and I think there's some more than that. The little kids nap, and the big kids get to have Bible study yeah. Devo with me, and so they think it's great because they don't have to nap or lay on their <laughs> bed, and so they're excited about Bible study. Um, I think this um, Wise Words for Moms is fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's just a real quick chart. And dads. It really should say dads. Yeah. But. Um, your child is lying. Do you know who the father of lies is? Do you, who do you want as your father? Here's a verse for lying. We're going to put off lying, and we're going to encourage them by putting on wisdom, or putting on truthfulness, sorry. And then it gives you more verses. I have gone to this a million times. It's just a great resource. And I got it on Amazon. All this stuff, I, I, I don't go to, I probably got it all on Amazon. Um, just a great resource to search through, just in addition to the one. And I know that um, John's wife typed up a big thing of resources, too. Yeah, that we need to pass out. The other quick thing that had come that I, we didn't really think about till Kyle said it earlier is that's a really great resources. If you're not involved in a community group, there's some really great resources there. And obviously, you're here with parents that are same age children. But for Sarah and I, that's been really great. Like in our community group, um, Mason, our son Mason's the oldest, but there's you know we have. A second grader, a first grader, a couple kids going into kindergarten, but it's it's a good time to bounce other ideas off of other parents who are, you know, that you know well, that you have a good relationship. And they're with. able to tell us 
Yeah, honestly, you are doing wrong by. Yeah, you're not doing a good job yeah. when you say that or whatever. So, it's a and, and we appreciate their yeah. feedback. So, so I think uh, that's kind of the end of our formal presentation. Where do we go? About an hour. That's good. I think. Yeah, great job. So, um, <laughs> really, really good stuff. I mean, that. Um, yeah, there's a book there, you know, and I I, I didn't know you guys well, and so mm -hmm. I saw you on there, and Kyle said, "Hey, why don't you team up with them?" And and I was like, "Why? Well, I don't know who these guys are. I'm not sure why they why you would even choose them." Um, but really, we weren't sure either. Really, Kyle was our young really life leader okay. when we were in junior high and high school. Okay, he owed you somehow. Uh, so really fantastic job. So um, I, I would love to kind of pitch some questions at, at these guys. I've got some, uh, some, some thoughts as well. But before we, before we go into that, um, I'm curious what it is at, at a high level, not, not a granular level, what, what is it that uh, are, are your takeaways here? What is it about their parenting style? What is it about the way they think, um, the way they kind of live their, their life, their rhythm of life that, that you appreciate, that you want to kind of transfer um, to, to your... Um, uh, to your kind of context, okay? So does that make sense? Not like uh, I love that the kids jump off the couch when they say their Bible verses, okay? Which, I mean, I, I was like, man, I, I'm stealing that one, okay? Um, but what is it at a high level, if that, if that makes sense? So any, any thoughts? Yeah, right here. The okay. okay, intentionality, right? These guys aren't waking up and just watching life zip by, okay? And then trying to rush them to bed and just kind of get done with the, with the day. Okay, they've got a plan, right? And that, it took some time uh, to put that together, right? It's continually being thoughtful. Excellent. That's number one, uh, I thought. Yeah, Tracy? Right, yeah. So Tracy was just saying it's not just the, uh, the formal uh, Wednesday um, kind of devos. It's, it, that's, the, that's the Deuteronomy as we walk uh, along, okay? And I'll, let me pass this mic. We're recording this session, is that right? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, I really love the way, uh, kind of to reiterate, just having a plan. And I think that as parents of younger kids, you know, we can get so into, like, when you have babies, baby-wise and all that kind of stuff. Why aren't we that intentional with this stuff? And this is so much more important than a, than a nap schedule and stuff. Mm -hmm. And just to really build that pattern and habit uh, with your kids. And I felt a real loss for resources for this age of kids. Um I say all the time, I would go back to potty training in a heartbeat, and I nearly pulled my heart out. I mean, my hair out with that. But there's not a ton of resource to say, how do I shape my children's heart at this age? And so I feel like we did have to really um, rely on people at this age. That's good. That's good. There was just a couple more right back here. Yeah. Two things. I think the one thing uh, that came through a lot in the career was that saying no is as important as saying yes. So taking things out of your life because the good can be the enemy of the great is very important. So that was A for me, a big learning. A B was that you have to know yourself and be introspective about yourself and your own strengths to be a good parent because how you know yourself will shape how you respond to your children and how you think about and plan your day and your responses to the challenges thereof. That's really good, Don. And I think... Um, yeah, you, you guys did a great job talking about like knowing your kids. I think we might could talk about that some more, but knowing yourself. Um, I think our parenting styles a lot of times differ, and so how do we navigate those, right? So if in, in, in our family, Pam, so out of Deuteronomy 6, she's going to be much more that as, as you wake up and as you go to sleep, structured kind of time. I'm much more walking along the road. Okay? So that can cause friction. It can feel like, good night, man, you know, get a plan. What, what, uh, 
Um, you know, let's have some, some more kind of uh, stuff on the calendar. Let's fill the calendar with some spiritual activity. And to me, I can go, we're, we're going to lose our kids if we overstructure this thing. Okay? So the answer is both of those, but not to compete uh, against each other. Right? So just kind of know your own proclivities, and then also just kind of how to navigate those and not fight to be right um, in that. Okay? Fight. What, what's the best for... Uh, our kids, okay, uh, which which I think would be a really good one. So, was there any any other just kind of high level, uh, just big? Let me let me run right back here, uh, Sally, and I'll get you. Go ahead. I just think I got back to the character is so much more important than the performance and how each child will build into the character they see in their brothers or sisters or moms and dads, um, because the kids see that. I hear that from my son. How they know who the fastest kid in school is, and they're all about performance, and so. Uh, you might have to be the fastest kid in school, but you can still have a good character. Yeah. Right. That's good. Absolutely. That's really you know, good. John, one of the, I was going to say, too, on, not necessarily there, but on the point before the, the plan that's come mm-hmm. up twice. Yeah. I was just going to say, going back to that stat about fathers, yeah. I had a really wise man about three years ago tell me, hey, Kyle, you've got to get involved with your wife in that plan before it ever really works. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes mm-hmm. back to that stat. And one thing... He, because I was telling him, I'm like, well, I just, I don't feel comfortable doing that, and so forth and so on. And so, if there's anybody like me in the audience, you know, he really encouraged me. He said, hey, Kyle, use your date night and go sit down with your wife, and not every date night, but use one of your date nights a month and talk about your plan. And the thing that really shocked me by that, because I was real nervous about bringing that up to Sarah, she was like, yeah, that's great, let's do it. But I was Help. real, you know, she, I was real nervous. She's gonna be like, you want to use our date night for what? But you know, it sounds it, just to encourage yeah. some people because I was I was kind of like plan. I don't need a plan. And, it united us as yeah. parents. That's good. So. That's great, <clears throat> Jim. Yeah, uh, Kyle. I think your example of the King Tut Museum was was perfect because uh, just you know taking those steps to get in tune with your child's passion and what their interest is, uh, and stepping outside of yourself and your own selfishness and what you want to do with your time, I just I thought that was key, and I think that's going to be a huge takeaway uh, for me. Yeah, that's good. Man, that one-on-one time, guys, um, that is where the money is. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm convinced. And so, um, one of the things uh, we started doing, I've got a uh, I've got a 7-Eleven that's about three quarters of a mile uh, from our house. And so I just peel them off one at a time, you know. And uh, and we'll, now that it's summer, it's like you, know, you got to go late at night, um, kind of deal with. They love it. They get to stay up a little bit later and go go for a walk with dad. And we just put on our tennis shoes and we just walk kind of the back streets uh, to 7-Eleven. Go down there. They get to pick something, maybe like a quarter, you know, for a lollipop. And we just talk, you know. And uh, I was just had a great. I took my older two this week. Um, and uh, we had some great, great talks. I asked my older son uh, what what we should say in here, um, you know. And he, uh, I said, if you were going to teach a class for an hour and a half on how to be a parent, what would you say? You know, it was just really fascinating to hear uh, what what came out. Well, he said, one of the things you don't do, he said, make sure you tell them not to play mean tricks uh, on their kids. And so, <laughs> and I said, what, what did you mean? And he, uh, give me some examples of that. And we were over at a, at a friend's house swimming, and so their, their skimmer um, was there. I was in the pool, and I said, hey, Dawes, come over here and look. There's a, there's a dead fish in here. And he went and, and looked in there, and I went, Rawr, like, up through that, and he jumped, and he was really, really frustrated. And that was his, like, tell him not to do that. Right? So, I said, I will tell him that. Uh, and he said, he said also, he said, you know, he said, man, parents are kids' heroes. And he said, when I watch you and mom be kind, 
when I watch you be loving, uh, you know, you just kind of listed a bunch of things. I want to do that. And, and uh, he said, tell him that. It's like, I mean, that, that's really good, buddy. Mm-hmm. That's, your, that's your first chapter. Um, and so, uh, but that, that time, you know, walking with my daughter, my, my, my second daughter, she's just, um, I mean, she needs her dad, you know, in ways, um, like, I feel like I give and I give and I give, and she needs, she needs oftentimes more than that. And so I've got to walk with her. I've got to hold her hand. I've got to tell her I think she's amazing. We've got to talk about hurts and struggles in her life. And we've also got to shepherd her. She's got, she gets really bent out of shape uh, about little bitty things, you know. And so one of our phrases we're just we're trying to let roll off of our tongue is, oh, well, right? Oh, well, don't get, you know, and she, she's got a plan. Uh, and the kids are, you know, she wants all three kids to execute her plan to play. And they don't want to, right? And, it, I mean, it, it's like clockwork, you know. It's Groundhog Day every single day. And I say, hey, babe, what, what do we say? She goes, oh, well, okay. Well, and uh, and we, can, we can talk about that stuff. But everything is a big deal. So, um, But I just, there was something about this week just kind of holding her hand and walking. Um, and I just thought, you know, and she, the way she's able to open up to me, um, there and she said she goes Dad I love these I love these talks and uh, we were talking about some of the stuff she had read um, she had read Psalm uh, Psalm four um, and or so Proverbs four and we talked about um, that day she had read it and asked what she had read and she was talking about um, how uh, wisdom Lady Wisdom and I said why do you think why do you think and we talked about what personification is we talked about that and I said why do you think like that uh, the writer of Proverbs used, used uh, wisdom and, and, and personified it as a woman. And she goes, maybe because women are smarter? And said, <laughs> it, could, it could be. And so we went to talk about what it looks like to personify, why we call it a person, and why we should pursue that. So uh, I just cannot uh, overemphasize enough, for me anyway, the importance of individual time with our kids. And it takes planning, right? That is not happen. Sometimes it can happen. I mean, it's like, hey, I've got, I've got 30 minutes I didn't have. To always take a kid with you uh, to go run an errand, right? I mean, if you're going somewhere, take them with them. How are you doing? What's going on? What, you know, how, how we, this happened today. Tell me about that. Get them to tell you what they saw, what they observed when they were around someone, they were around their camp counselors. What is it that you loved? Uh, what do you want to emulate about their camp counselors? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Tell me, tell me about some of the boys. What are some things that you'd want to be like? So always just, just dialoguing with them nonstop, okay, as, as you walk in Deuteronomy. So, Sally, did you have something kind of high level? Oh, I was just going to um, thank you guys because um, I'm the seventh, going into seventh grade boy, going into fifth grade girl, and going into third grade. But these guidelines, I mean, even going into seventh grade, I mean, mm-hmm. this we could just scratch that out and put Michael guidelines because mm-hmm. we're still going over... Mm-hmm. You know, daily, this kind of stuff with going into seventh grade, I think we will mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm very encouraged, you know, that everybody in here with very young, you know, mm-hmm. my younger children, mm-hmm. because you're still going to be going over these guidelines going in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Yeah. Well, so I'm very encouraged, and I really um, appreciate this. I mean, it's good. I think Kyle Kegler, on his blog recently, put up um, just having something, and he put his up on, on the um Watermark Family Ministry blog, and so they're up there. So check theirs out too. Um, and his, he got his um, gui- uh, guideline for how to do that from Revolutionary Parenting. So that's a second set to be able to um, to look at. Yeah. So yeah. 
Great. Good. Well, let's. Um, we can kind of transition into other just kind of reactions, thoughts, or questions, uh, kind of on what these guys said, or even just anything that wasn't covered that, that you'd love yeah. to talk about, or if you've got if you've got some great ideas yeah. um, as well. Share. So. Yeah, please share. Mr. Brandt. Uh, one of the things that you said was, uh, excuse me for yelling. I guess I don't need this. Um, <laughs> one of the things that you said was uh, they uh, about the. Um, camps for your kids and I was just curious what camps that you sent your kids to and you know because I'd like to send some of mine away I just can't afford all of them so uh, so I'm just curious which ones you've used you know, we go to Pine Cove as a family and so that's where we were comfortable to start and so that's where we started that's where we um, yeah, and this was our first year and our first time to do it and um, we picked him up, and he's like, will you please pre-register me yeah. so we can do the monthly plan? So that's where we started. There are tons of great Christian camps out there, um, and talking to people, I think, is the best way. We, we've just gotten real engaged with Pine Cove. It's, it's out near Tyler, if you're not familiar with it. But there's, I mean, Canacuck is good. We've heard, um, I'm trying, I mean, there's, there's it was, tons of them. But it's just something you need to feel comfortable with. We, we obviously were comfortable with Pine Cove. and I love it, because... Our boys are able to look at what an 18 to 21-year-old who passionately loves Jesus Christ and gives up everything in the world to serve him fully and to bring these boys along. It is passing on. And Mason gets to see what that kid looks like at 18. I mean, like you said, what do you want to emulate? Because those kids are right on. And it's just, they, our kids our age, besides a babysitter, which is usually a girl, don't get much opportunity to see what it looks like at that cool age. And I know that happens later on in the church here. Well, and, and like Mason's counselor out there um, this past a couple weeks ago, he, he just finished his freshman year at A&M. And I'd love to, I wish I was even half of where he is spiritually when I came out of my freshman year in college. But it's a great role mm-hmm. model. And the other thing is, is um, I think the other reason why we've really enjoyed Pine Cove is we feel like what they're doing there and what they're teaching in their you know their goals for their campers lines up with what we As are looking for for prize. our kids and for our family. So, yeah. so yeah, and we would say that's that might be a want, that's not a need, you know, yeah, for our absolutely. kids. And so, if your kids don't get to go spend a week, two weeks, or a month at a, at a camp, they will be okay, right? They can <laughs> still grow up, and function, and be disciples, okay? And so, if that's a desire, pray. And and if not, I was just thinking like, what is the if? You know, and that really is. For us, uh, and it, we, this was our first year to kind of go to a camp. It was just kind of gifted uh, to us, and it was something that we'd wanted and hadn't had. But really, to me, the draw is is the counselors. And I thought, you know what, you know, for 50 bucks, you could you could have kind of craft some really killer experience with um, some college kids here. There there would be a way, right? Even if you didn't have uh, all the funds to get yeah. at some of the same stuff um, there. Mm-hmm. So what what's the goal, and then find that. But yeah, um, yeah that can be a really important part. Of the kiddos' um, development. So, was there something back here? Add comments that they have weekend family Mm -hmm. retreats. So you can maybe do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing with your family. Yep. And they also have. I don't know if you talked about this, but mother, daughter, father, Mm -hmm. daughter uh, retreats. I've never done that, but yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Was there uh, a hand right here? I was just going to add to your um, your file folder you say mm-hmm. that you do with your kid or you want to do with your kids, but um, 
I've started keeping a journal and started with my um, kids who are 7, 4, and 20 months. But um, on their first birthday, I go in and just kind of write a journal um, entry to them just about mm-hmm. kind of things I've seen in their lives and characteristics I've seen in display over the years. And just, um, you know, my plan is to start bringing that out as they get mm-hmm. older and can kind of comprehend and kind of go back and talk through um, ways in their lives um, through the years in which they have really um, exemplified God's, you know, characters in, of his life yeah. in their life. At 18, your kids will know how they were designed when they leave. I mean, that's great. Yeah, I think Kyle asked, Tegler asks his kids every year, like, what they want to be when they grow up. Mm-hmm. And he writes that down just to watch how, uh, how it changes <laughs> uh, kind of over time. Every year they want to do, it's a firefighter or a policeman or something like that, something totally different. So, uh, Tim, let me get this to you, bud. Um, it's these these kinds of uh, conferences and things are great, and we always get fired up and go initiate a bunch of things, and then we just we just lack the staying power. I think you know we we did the uh, family nights for a while, and we're really good about that, but now we've kind of fallen off. And just how do you guys keep yourself refreshed and focused on these initiatives? And you know, do do things drop off over time and new things get added? Just speak a little bit about that. I think that's why I liked that chart that Kyle Kegler put in there um, from that um, because it, it, it impl- I am putting my kids to bed. I am doing those things already. And we will probably say that 80% of the time, each one of these happens. Um, it, and it has to be simple. It has to work for you. Otherwise, if it's not natural and it's not consistent, your kids aren't getting anything. And so um, I think it's a process for us, and there are probably 20 more things that we've started and dropped off that we didn't share with you today because they didn't work for our family, but they might have worked for yours, but we don't remember them because we stopped. And so I think it's um, staying focused on God's Word and uh, spending time and having and spending time in the Word for me, and then um, just desiring and seeing the struggles that my children have hit at this age and desiring for them to know what truth is has really kept me um, intentional about it. 